discover the top 10 holiday season setbacks and how to avoid them as solved by my six guest experts. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It's great to have you here. We are doing something a little different this episode. I was lucky enough to be invited to host a panel session at Bright Pearl by Sage's Peak Season Summit. And it was so insightful. I asked them if we could share it with all of you as well. And they said yes. Thank you, Bright Pearl. Now, this discussion is titled Top 10 Holiday Season Setbacks and How to Avoid Them. And six panellists, including one of our own past guests, Dan from Love Pop, gave so much practical advice. It was a real pleasure to chair the session. If you want to watch the panel session or any of the other sessions at Bright Pearl by Sage's Peak Season Summit, you can catch the replay right now at ecmp.info forward slash Bright Pearl Summit. We're going to play the panel session in a moment. It's going to start with me taking you through the top 10. However, I didn't read them all out because it was going to be a video session, so you'd be able to see them at the time we recorded it. So let me tell you right now, before we hit play, that the top 10 holiday season setbacks that my panellists are going to be discussing are... Number one, increased costs. Number two, inventory shortages. Number three, supply chain issues. Number four, delayed orders. Number five, stockouts and product shortages. Number six, labour shortages. Number seven, attracting new customers. Number eight, peak online demand. Number nine, complexities of multiple shopping and delivery channels. And number 10, lacklustre technology. You'll also find that list at ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode. Once uh, I've taken you through in the recording those, the kind of my thoughts on that top 10 and set the scene, the panellists are going to introduce themselves. And after that, get ready to learn loads of ways you can make your holiday season easier and lots of advice that can be put in place right now. Please do make sure you listen right to the end so you don't miss out on any of the panellists' many, many, many tips. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Now, Bright Pearl undertook a research project earlier this year to find out what were the biggest challenges retailers and brands faced last holiday season. So we got, you can see that top 10 in front of you. Don't worry, I'm not going to read it out because you can all read it right there. But I'm particularly surprised by it because as someone who mainly focuses on the marketing side of e-commerce, I thought there'd be more marketing things in that list. 
But then you reflect on it. And actually, when I think of the conversations I've had with retailers and brands over the beginning of this year, during last um, holiday season, actually, it reflects the things they were most concerned about and most uh, most challenged by were these setback areas. Does it mirror your 2021 holiday season experience? I suspect so. And looking at the conversations I'm having at the moment with retailers and brands and looking at what's happening in the world and in e-commerce right now, I'll be honest, I'd be very surprised if the 2022 list is much different from this. So it's a fascinating list. Like I said, uh, marketing is way down in position number eight. Sorry, not position number eight, position number seven. And we have nothing in there at all about the death of cookies, which I, which you know, from my perspective, was one of the biggest things that happened last year. What it is about, though, this list of 10, is it's all about the real nuts and bolts of e-commerce, where the game is won or lost. It's We've got in here uh, key themes like rising costs, which I know you're all dealing with at the moment, and your customers are too. We've got inventory and stock. Have you got it? When do you get it? How do you handle it? So much joy and crisis to be had in that arena. And then we've got the fulfillment trend. Your team, who's, who is fulfilling for you? The systems you're using, channel complexity. If you're selling in more places than just your own website, how is that feeding in to the rest of your workflows of getting the orders out the door? And of course, cost is a big part here too. And then dealing with all of these setbacks and challenges alongside experiencing peak demand. These are huge problems that are easier to solve or manage than you think. That's the good news, but which don't get as much airtime as they deserve, quite frankly. So it is awesome that we are highlighting them in this session. I'm about to be joined by a panel of hugely insightful e-commerce experts with a myriad of different backgrounds. I swear we've got every aspect of e-commerce covered. They are going to be sharing with you how you can prevent these setbacks from becoming an issue in your business. Now, we're not going to tackle each of those 10 items on the list individually. We'd be here for the rest of the day. Rather, we're going to tackle it theme by theme. Before we get into that, though, we need to meet our panellists. They're each going to quickly introduce themselves and then we're going to get stuck right in. Let's start off uh, with Jill. Jill, could you please let the audience know a little bit about you? Thanks, Chloe. So I am Vice President of Revenue at Inventory Planner. My introduction to the retail space was as a merchant running an online business. We also opened up brick and mortar. And just knowing how important good forecasting is to making the most of cash flow uh, after selling that business, then joined the Inventory Planner team. So now I work with thousands of different merchants and seeing the importance of accurate forecasting for their business. Excellent. Thank you, Jill. Um, and Nicole, if you could unmute yourself and uh, and let us all know a little bit about you, that would be awesome too. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here today. Um, I am Denver-based in the USA, and I have an extensive career in commerce, beginning on the merchant side, landing somewhere along the way on the vendor side, and founded Retail Minded 15 years ago to help bring news, education, and support to decision makers within the commerce space. I'm also the author of Retail 101 and the founder of the Independent Retailer Conference. A busy lady. Um, <laughs> I'm very impressive, Nicole. Thank you. Um, and Mark, could you please unmute and uh, let us know a bit about you, please? Thanks, Chloe. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Elwood. I am the Chief Commercial Officer for Haboo Technologies. 
My background is all logistics and last 15 years specialised in e-commerce fulfilment. And I've been with Habu since the start over three years ago. Habu are an e-commerce specialist fulfilment company, uh, currently have a client base of over 1,200 and growing by the day. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. And uh, Rupert, please unmute and uh, let the audience know a little bit about you, please. Thanks, Chloe. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Rupert. I'm the CEO of 5874Commerce. Uh, we're one of the leading big commerce agencies based out of Birmingham in the UK. Um, I've been in e-commerce for what feels like too long now, about 20 years. Um, and about three or four of those, I was actually running uh, running a retailer. So I feel like I've played on both sides of the fence there. Excellent. Thank you, Rupert. And Brian, your chance to intro yourself now, please, sir. Yeah, thanks, Chloe. Uh, Brian Finks, uh, Senior Channel Sales Manager here at SPS Commerce. Uh, been at the company a little over nine years now and primarily spent most of that time working with suppliers and different brands, meeting all sorts of different retail requirements. Um, as of uh, sort of mid-pandemic, I moved over to the partnership side here and work really closely with the Bright Pearl team um, every day. So as a, a little bit of a background on SPS, we're driven to be the world's retail platform and have over 30,000 customers leveraging our services across outsourced EDI, uh, point of sale analytics, uh, and standardizing of uh, catalog information. So happy to be here. We are happy to have you, Brian. And um, last but by no means least, we have our marvelous retailer who's agreed to join us for this panel. We've got Dan. Dan, could you please uh, let everyone know a bit about you too? Thanks, Chloe. Uh, yes. So, uh, Dan Nephew, I work uh, for Love Pop uh, here in the U.S., but we do sell all over. Um, I have been with Love Pop about four years now. I manage all of our back-end systems uh, related to order fulfillment, uh, logistics, procurement, inventory management, and such. Uh, happy to be here, uh, not just because it's you know peak season coming up, but everybody gets excited about that, but it's also peak season here in the U.S. as we celebrate football season beginning. There's always an important season on the go. Well, um, it's brilliant to have you all here. It's now time for us to get rid of the slides and for everyone to put their videos on. So now we've got all our marvellous panellists here. You know who they are. You've seen the top 10. You know what we're going to be talking about. Where on earth do we start with all of this? Well, the top five on our list all go back to supply chain issues. So as Jill is nodding away there, it is entirely the fact that this has to be where we start this discussion. Last holiday season, 33% of firms experienced supply chain disruptions, and it's got worse. 85% of UK retailers and 80% in the US have been impacted by supply chain issues in the last 12 months. That's almost all of you. And let's face it, even a small supply chain issue can cause chaos at peak. Before we get into how to fix them, let's explore the problem a bit more. And to do that, I'm going to hand over to Nicole. You know, I think it's um, a loaded question to start, for sure, uh, fair to say. But that said, I think that disruption at this point is expected. So as decision makers, we have to be proactive in order to remain profitable. And that is a key decision that you have to make in the efforts that you're moving forward with. Um, one of the things that I genuinely believe is that transparency is delivered through technology. And so when you embrace what's happening in supply chain challenges, 
challenges, whether it's shipping or delivery, or often it is even the actual materials and goods that bring inventory to life that is delayed in causing supply chain challenges. So collectively, leveraging technology can help you be more proactive in decisions you have to make, and that can help you just move ahead. The other thing I would say is that, you know, with these supply chain challenges, you might want to start making some choices that are hard, often meaning changing what you've done so that maybe you're sourcing closer to home so that there's less travel from A to B, right? Or from A to Z, because we know there's many touch points in between. Um, a lot to consider there. I know there's some other great insight though to be shared. Yeah, it is. it's one of those areas where if you want to fix it, there's small steps you can do, but if you want a big fix, it's a properly uh, embrace systems and tech to help you on the way there. Um, Dan, you're our you're our guest retailer in this session, as I mentioned earlier. How about you? Have you if you had any particular problems around supply chain in the last twelve months, and and how have you yeah. how have you gone about dealing with them? No, so everything has been swimmingly great uh, the last twelve months. Now, um, we would uh, just to kind of pick up on what Nicole was saying, I would. Say one of the things, it seems like it's counterintuitive, but for us, we have embraced adding complexity. So smaller company growing, we, you know, kind of looked at complexity as not something we wanted, right? Make things very narrow, very simple. It's easier to scale and grow. But with the last 12 months, it's made it very difficult to do that. So, uh, you know, a couple of examples, we uh, used to ship uh, all of our products in from our uh, wholly owned subsidiary in Vietnam uh, through one carrier. Uh, and it was easy, easy to manage, right? We knew the carrier, we knew all the service lines. It was very easy. Uh, we then have expanded that to use probably five or six different carriers now for a number of reasons. Some of it's forced with caps. You can't ship everything you want anymore. And some of it is cost-driven to say, wait a minute, we need to take a look at different options to kind of go after that. The other is on the customer-facing side, uh, we expedited a lot of customer-facing features that enabled us to keep selling, uh, one of which was, was something we called uh, special order, uh, which is for everybody else, it's kind of like back order, but we don't like to call it back order as a negative connotation. So we call it special order. And it's tech that was on the shelf for a while. Mm, we don't need to do it. We're fine. But you know, we can't manage delays in you know, shipping coming in and, and product being available in our warehouse. So we implemented the ability to actually, you know, to the face to the customer, sorry, product's out of stock, but it'll be here in three days. We can send it to you then. So complexity that we added on the tech side, complexity we added in our shipping side, but it's just something we had to do. That's the thing, isn't it? You, you, you have to sometimes make these decisions. And I would imagine there's a lot of businesses out there right now going, we've only used one courier or we've only used one, one um, you know, person to bring in the product. It's time to diversify. So you've got that backup on the go. I mean, Jill, you must be working with a lot of merchants dealing with these issues at the moment. What are you seeing them doing right now to make peak that bit easier to manage? Yeah, definitely. So I think that there's two components of this. One is forecasting ahead what do we think that customers are going to want you know that's based both on you know recently what's happening as kind of a recession is is settling in but also seasonal considerations and communicating that with your vendor there's so much value that we see from a lot of merchants being able to say not just here's my next po but here's a look out at the next few months that has a lot of value to vendors and so just opening those lines of communication and saying oh we can't get that great or not great, but known at least. 
And then the second part is communicating that back probably to whoever's handling your marketing. So you're not pushing paid ads or, you know, any sort of specials or promotions on items that you anticipate having a hard time getting. So just staying nimble on both sides of that communication with vendor, and then making sure that you're coordinated with marketing so that you can kind of throttle and emphasize those items that you can get in. And having the data in a usable mm-hmm. format so you can actually do it, which I, I guess kind of yeah. comes back to what Nicole was saying right at the beginning of all of this. Um, I'm going to pivot us slightly to another one of those topics off the top 10 now. I'm sure we're going to end up talking some more about supply chain yet, though. Um, but we're going to pivot on to labor costs and labor shortages, one of those kind of weird outcomes of the pandemic is, you know, it's becoming harder to staff up our warehouses, to staff up our customer service teams, amongst other issues on the hiring front. So it was number six on our list of setbacks. I don't think it's going anywhere for this year. And in the last year, four in 10 online brands have tried to hire more people to manage online demand last holiday season. So a lot of you are wanting to hire to solve these these peak problems, but we've got this global labor shortage happening. So how on earth, how on earth do we do this? Is it better recruitment? Is it better team management? Is it better tech or or is it something else? Um, Brian, would you like to, to kick us off with this one? Yeah, yeah, I can certainly jump in. Thanks, Chloe. Um it's funny. I feel like I get asked that question. I, I don't know how many times a week. When <laughs> well, you're the right you know, person to answer then, definitely. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I spent a lot of time working with companies just like Dan's, more on the um, the supplier side though. So they're always facing all sorts of new requirements from retailers that are constantly changing to you know solve some of these problems we're walking through right now. But uh, you know, looking at it from that perspective, and then sort of shifting, saying, hey, it's not just holiday specific. It's it's all the time this is coming up, SPS views, all of these issues really falling into sort of a bucket of five categories, I would say, that are, I think a lot of them are overarching for much of what we'll talk through today, but they really come down to looking at, you know, reactive order management on the retail side, a high cost of inventory inefficiencies that are in place, uh, inaccurate invoicing being a problem, and generally a a poor customer experience, you know, that, that end customer that you know, if they have a bad experience, they're not going to buy from you again, something like that. And then the inability to effectively manage supplier communities, it all sort of funnels down to, to those five five topics, I think. And, you know, I'll hit on a couple of them a little bit later, probably. But um, looking specifically at like, you know, reactive order management makes it really difficult for, you know, a, a supplier or a, a retail relationship to function properly when you're not getting ahead of the curve and being able to plan out things that sort of Jill was talking about with, with you know, setting yourself up for success ahead of time. So I think getting ahead of that, automating the processes that you're able to do can, can be a huge part of that as well. And at the end of the day, when you get those sort of building blocks in place, you then don't have to worry about, you know, am I going to hire on, you know, 10 temps to, to do order processing or whatever it might look like for your specific business during peak. So I, I think, you know, Dan hit on it as well. It's adding, but maybe viewing it from one angle is adding complexity, but on the other end of it, you're, you're reducing the need to have additional headcount. So I don't know if that resonates with anyone else or if that sort of answers what you're, what you're looking at there. I think it it's a really good point because if you can automate those processes, you're saving your team time so they can do more. You're making their jobs more interesting. You're reducing errors. It's like a 
and and making the training of new team members easier because often the stuff we automate is the stuff where errors creep in so you have to spend more time it's it's like it's like a no-brainer um mark i know you've you've got some thoughts around how we can uh, can deal with labor shortages too yeah sure i mean this year has been exceptionally challenging in regards to labor and the shortage and for the first time uh, in our fulfillment facilities we have looked at robotics and automation or semi-automation we've just actually for two clients just implemented a box building machine which but you know we know that during the peak season that building these boxes manually is it's a lengthy process it's, it's it's laborious it's not particularly exciting for us to just sit on the end of line and build these boxes up before we go picking and packing uh so both of our clients who multiple thousands of orders per day we've implemented these box building machines so these can just churn out x amount of thousands of boxes per, per minute so that's some of the things that we've been looking at and the other thing is labor retention and i was having a conversation where, with a colleague who is not in e-commerce at all it's a different industry but we all face the same challenges with, with staff shortage and the comments were about retaining uh, uh, staff retention and retaining the good stuff that you do have and there's lots of incentives that we put into place and you know transport for our staff to get across the cities at certain times on different shifts uh, at Habu, we have things like free bar and we do free grub for the hubs uh, for the hubs every every two weeks and they get free food and pizzas which they absolutely love so we have a, a really really low churn rate uh, for the area uh, because we really look after the stuff that we do have so we've had a real focus on that uh, since we started three years ago but this year exceptionally was uh, the focus has been is when you do have good stuff look after them keep them and we seem to be doing an excellent job of that so you know those type of incentives for your staff semi-automation or full automation at the moment they're overcoming some of our challenges that we have yeah i, I love that box builder one because there's mm. there's only so you know getting things ready for peak you cannot fill the warehouse with empty boxes it's it's, it's just it's not workloads absolutely. you can bring forward is it um rupert we've not heard from you yet so uh, what would what, you know what, what are your thoughts on this this labor shortage issue um could you unmute yourself please my dear Yes, sorry, classic mistake there. The dog was going while uh, while, while Jill was talking a few minutes ago. Um, Mark, I want to work for you. Uh, is the answer if I'm going to get free beer and pizza? Um, that sounds uh, that sounds ideal. I mean, look, there's a few things that are involved in this. I think you know, there is a labour shortage worldwide. Costs have gone up. There's a cost of living crisis in the UK. The Prime Minister um, over the last uh, since she's come into power has put in uh, put in a, a fuel cap and uh, and what have you that she's that she's announced just recently. So there's a load of changes that are coming through with that. But we're not going to solve any of that at this particular point, right? So a lot of that has already gone. So for me, it's 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 like your Christmas dinner when you're getting ready to prepare that. You want to enjoy the day. It's about preparation. It's that box builder example. What can you do ahead of time? The automation stuff is great. But if we're starting to try and implement Bright Pearl ahead of peak at this point, it's not going to happen. But what we can do is we can get organized and set some preps excuse me, set some processes up in, in in place. Now that that we've spoken specifically about fulfillment with this, but I know Chloe, another passion of mine is marketing and what we can do with that. You know, why aren't you planning your social media posts ahead of time? You can get most of them done ahead of this, get them pre-planned, get those graphics done, get those emails set up. Now that doesn't mean that you're hitting send on them and forgetting about them, right? And, and schedule the one now for the 12th of December, that would be crazy, but you can get organized about it and adjust it. And that would be where I would start with this is um, it's, you you can really optimise what you've got. See, I would schedule it for the 12th of December, but I'd have a note at the beginning of that week to double check we still liked what we'd scheduled. Yeah, I've, I've done that and forgotten it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've all we've all done that, to be fair, as well. But yeah, it, yeah, that's another good point. What workload can you get out of the way so you don't have to do it later? Obviously, you can't do all your pizza parties now. That's 
not going to help with staff retention. Um, okay, let's let's flip topic a little bit, although actually we're kind of already in the arena of this. Let's talk shipping and fulfillment. You've got the stock in, you've got someone and the tech to process those orders, and then peak happens and everything goes a little bit crazy. How can retailers make sure they're ready to get the right stock out to the right people quickly? And Mark, you are the deepest in hands-on fulfillment of all our, our guests today. So I'm going to come to you for this one first off. Sure. It, I think Jill mentioned it uh, previously about demand forecasting, and it all starts really in that preparation. Uh, what surprises me still after 20 years in logistics is some some big brands out there who that with poor preparation, poor planning, and, and then the peak season comes like it's a surprise. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and uh, things go disastrously long. So we, you know, all of our clients that have on board, we we press and press the fact of, of preparation, of having that forecasting and being prepared early, especially with the supply chain issues that we've had over the last 12 months and the delays, et cetera. So more so than ever, this peak period. In terms of the warehousing and organization, it's about getting ready for that. So we know that we have clients that might have a particular skew that they sell an average of 50 a day and come peak season, they do an average of three and a half thousand. Well, that's a massive increase. So you have to prepare your warehouse for not 50 orders a day for three and a half thousand. So you have to do some remodeling, some mapping in the warehouse to overcome that, fast picking lanes, etc., and just some shuffling around the warehouses. The other thing which I forgot to mention was regarding training. So we know that uh, 3PLs uh, traditionally will use agency staff through their peak periods. We, we, we tend not to, we try not to. Uh, and training is super important. So we have test hubs and model, model hubs whereby everybody comes to our door goes for an intensive training program. And that includes all our office staff. So we're quite unique that all of our office staff and, and there's hundreds of them all have that training as well. So if needed, they could go into a hub and they could pick and pack to make sure that we can cope with those peaks and demands and have fully trained people on those hubs so training is critical but the, the most important factor is that remodeling the mapping of the warehouse and being prepared but we can only be prepared by what device we get from the client so the advice from the client is that you know this we sell 50 of these on average but this will be three and a half thousand great let us know that and we can do something to overcome those challenges we have that information and we're prepared and we can generally can overcome them so we don't have the information or the lack of preparation yeah, and, um, and that goes for everyone involved, all your partners. Give them that data when you've gone through the process of working it out. Um, Jill, I'm going to come to you next because you are nodding away there. Um, so what's, <laughs> what, what, what have you got to build on Mark's, Mark's points there? Yeah, definitely picking up where with what Mark said, you know, looking at what is our plan right now? What do we anticipate right now? And then I would layer on top of that, what are our checkpoints during that critical period? So look at that in two respects. Can we reorder at the last minute if we have something that's going crazy? And just knowing, do we have that possibility? Um, and what are the checkpoints? Is that December 1st that we're looking at? How did it go through Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Um, and then on the other side of that, are things moving slower than we anticipated? And do we need to have a markdown schedule? Because there's some value to those seasonal products on December 23rd, 24th. And guess what? On the 26th, they lose all of their value or almost all of their value. So let's get something out of it and not get stuck with it after the holidays when it's not worth anything. So plan now, what are those thresholds? What are those key dates when we need to look in and see how things are going either for reordering or for marking down so that we're really like trying to hit the nail on the head when we get to the end of the holiday season. I am loving how practical these tips are. Um, Brian, you, you're deep in this, this area as well. So what would you like to add? No, I think there's been a lot of really good points made. And um, 
some of what I was was thinking sort of echoes that it's it's hard to do anything more than than prepare and and focus on that. Um, but uh, you know, one of the things that came to mind was sort of standardization across sales channels, if possible. So I think about a lot of companies I've worked with where you know they have one platform for you know their their Shopify orders to flow in. They have another process for some other sales channel. Then they have their brick and mortar, and everything is just really siloed and if you know someone comes down with COVID or someone's sick and they're the person that knows how to manage you know the shopify tool you know what are they going to do during peak season that person's not going to be able to come in the office especially with you know restrictions and things now so standardization of of um and automating those different sales channels into a single hub is is something we really focus on a lot uh, one other item that kind of popped into to mind here was a lot of our point of sale analytics customers leverage a lot more of a collaborative effort with their buyers. If you're talking about a supplier using that or even inverse of a, a buyer reaching out suppliers, but watching those inventory levels and sharing that data in much more of a, a higher cadence during peak season to then figure out, you know, what story I'd heard was a, a customer that sold raincoats and they couldn't figure out why nothing was selling on, you know, the West Coast in the US, but the East Coast, they were out of stock everywhere. If they weren't watching, you know, the data, they wouldn't know exactly why that's happening, but they'll look at a heat map and say, we need to move this inventory from this drought region over here. And suddenly, you know, they're they're sort of um, covering themselves a little bit for, for having any kind of a loss there. So I think it, it, it comes back to preparation, having those right tools in place, knowing how to work with them and uh, doing that before you're at a point where it's it's a little bit sticky for, for that peak season. Yeah, guys, you've still got a bit of time to get this sorted and get some of these systems in place. But next week, because this is kind of going out on a Thursday, next week is the time to hit hit and make things happen. So your team are all ready for it. But yeah, some awesome advice there. Thank you, guys. E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Selling via multiple channels is a great way to grow your sales. But whether you're juggling a list of wholesale customers or multiple marketplace listings, keeping the data up to date and in the right format, never mind the images, is hugely time consuming. Plytix, P-L-Y-T-I-X, can solve this for you, voted the number one PIM for SMBs. Plytix gives you a single source of truth for all your product data, streamlining your marketplace listings management, automatically reformatting your data into the right format for each marketplace, including image resizing. And you can create a self-serve product information site for wholesale customers. Then keep all these channels up to date with automatic product feeds. Plytix have a free forever plan. So sign up for your free PIM account now at plytix.com forward slash master plan. That's P-L-Y-T-I-X dot com slash master plan. And if you decide to upgrade, e-commerce master plan listeners get a whopping 50% off their first year. I want to tell you about SendCloud. Today's online customers have been trained to expect flexible, frictionless shipping with every purchase from checkout all the way through to returns. SendCloud lets all of you access the same logistics power as a major online retailer. With SendCloud, you can connect to over 80 carriers and 50 integrations in seconds, process orders automatically, print labels in bulk, generate customs forms along with those labels, 
create branded tracking updates and set up your own hassle-free returns portal. Plus, there's all the data you need to optimize everything. Over 23,000 businesses already love shipping with SendCloud. Create a free or paid account now via ecmp.info forward slash SendCloud. That's ecmp for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash SendCloud and get £50 free shipping credit for being one of our listeners. It's time for the top tips round. Now, number one on our top 10 was increased costs, which is going to be, I would I would put money on, that's going to be a bigger issue this year than it was last year. So I'm going to hit the hit, hit our marvellous guests up for some quick fire tips on dealing with or mitigating those high costs. Um, Nicole, let's come to you first on this one. My quick tip would be go straight to the vendor and the partnerships that you have. A lot, look for collaboration, visibility, alignment. Make the effort to have those tough conversations so that you can, in fact, try to keep the costs down wherever those costs are coming from because they're coming from rapid fire all directions, right? So go directly to your partners, your sourcing partners, your shipping partners, your tech partners, everybody, and see how can you be proactive in saving. Of that partnerships are always a good answer. <laughs> always a good answer. Um, who else has got one of these? Rupert, have you got one of these for us? Yeah, I do. Well, I've got I've got two. Actually, and they're two very quick ones. So the um I love that Amazon are doing this delayed shipping thing at the moment, right? So it's a it's a much cheaper thing. I know we've all got Prime and stuff like that, but they're they're trying to combine things. You could take the yeah, if you're on Shopify, if you're on Big Commerce, if you're on Magenta, you could easily set up another shipping method, free shipping, extend it, send it on a cheap service, right? And but let's also combine that, right? with pulling orders forward right if you're like i i leave my christmas shopping right to the last minute and that's not because i'm a man that's because i know it goes on discount early right now if someone goes on sale earlier offers me a discount let's get it in early then earlier then you the mer- you the merchant can send it out earlier and then everyone's done and you're you're you're, you're sat with my uh with my christmas bounty already in your uh in, in your checking account so that that would be the two that i would focus on i'd try and pull the sales forward and i'd offer cheaper shipping options if you can at a lesser cost to you as the merchant and to anyone who thinks you can't sell christmas stock now meet the mail order industry they've been doing it since august um <laughs> uh, mark have you got a co- quick cost saving tip for us similar to rupert's actually is the the carriage and the the economy services so it was only just before covid where we were talking about everything had to be next day delivery in the uk and it was almost getting to the point where the demand was saying we have to be to start doing same day with micro fulfillment and dark stores and getting everything on the same day we've come away from that slightly and i believe that you know the economy service that two to three day uh, carriage cost there's a big difference to next day do we need to be offering next day services because there's a big difference in price and as rupert said is offering those economy services first and obviously the premium there if somebody wants to pay for the extra premium. We have a portfolio of 18 carriers. There's lots of choice out there and there's lots of difference in price ranges as well. So be selective of your carriers would be my advice. One of those areas where Dan's point about increasing the complexity comes in, have some couriers ready to go in case something happens. Definitely. And then you you can control your costs a lot better too. Okay, so there's some good tips around dealing with those costs for all of you, but costs are up. Inflation is 
probably what none of us have ever experienced before. Energy prices are soaring. Supply chain is still complex and on and on and on. 2022's holiday season is going to be weird. Uh, quite frankly, it's going to be another odd one. Normal just doesn't exist anymore. There's not even a new normal. It's just normal doesn't exist. So there's a lot of doom and gloom and all that kind of noise around that. Let's try and cut through the doom and gloom stuff and focus in on some key challenges we should prepare for. So any kind of little nuggets that people might not have thought about within all of this that that they can make some good gains on. Um, Dan, the retailer perspective, please. No, it's a great question. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about with this was uh, it's along the lines of increased complexity, but we we have actually gone the other way. Instead of narrowing our product line to say, okay, these are the profitable products, these are the non-profitable products, let's focus in on the profitable ones. We've actually blown out our assortment and different types of products. So we're using this point as a real great way to figure out what does the consumer want. The consumer is much more picky now. They're they're you know trading up, trading down for for different things. So we have kind of filled in a breadth of our assortment to offer all types of different options within the greeting card business, not just our traditional, but different product lines, different different types of things we've embraced that we wouldn't have a year and a half ago, two years ago. Um, and it's a great time to find out what customers will really bite on and what they won't. You know, what do they really want? So we've we've kind of gone the opposite of what you would think and, and using it as a time because customers are very picky now. Um, and it's a great time to figure out what they really, really, you know, drives the value for them. And give them something which they which still fits within their budget, which still fits their needs. I, I love that answer. Um, Nicole, how about you? You know, to Dan's point, customers are picky. They almost expect some sort of frustration in some of their shopping journeys nowadays. So what I really think that, you know, leaders, decision makers from the merchant side need to consider is how to be stronger at their communication. Jill, at the very start of today's conversation, you mentioned how communication is key. And I kind of want to expand on that. I always say you want to lean in on the five C's of communication. Be clear, concise, correct, courteous or whatever your brand tone might be, and consistent. But you want to be all of those things across every channel that your customer might engage with you. So whether it's social media, an online review, your actual website, email marketing, there's a lot of ways that consumers want to shop. So take those five C's and put them into action so that no matter where your customer goes, you're being honest up front, you're being clear with them, and you're communicating the reality of what our inventory may or may not be there whatever shipping frustrations may or may not exist. And like to Rupert's point, whatever savings or maybe alternatives people might have, like delayed shipping. So use communication to your advantage. Yes, everybody. Keep talking to your customers. It will make your life so much easier. Uh, that That is something we cannot iterate enough, <laughs> quite frankly. Um, now, as you, as you look at all of realists, several of our panelists are deep in helping people like you, retailers, right now get ready for these challenges. So, um, Jill, Mark, Brian, Rupert, um, have you got any other extra clever pieces of advice that we haven't already mentioned to help retailers overcome this top 10? Feel this is like the moment where you get to let rip, and I'm not going to control which bit you get to talk about. Just bring us your good. Um, who, which of the four of you would like to go first? 
Jill looks yeah. like she's ready I'm, to go there. I'm happy to geek out for a second if we if we can do that. So um, I think, you know, there's some interesting lessons that we learned at the start of COVID in, ter- in the frame of demand forecasting. So, you know, prior to that, we had been looking at the last several years and we know that everything went haywire for online shopping in particular. So as we're heading into a time where there's a lot of change going on, inflation settling in, the, the recession, people are being cautious. We need to take a, a look at demand forecasting. And so the, the geeking out part of this is, yes, keep a, a short lens on how have things changed just in the last few months, you know, especially as we see kind of the this be more prominent in the news. And so it's more at the forefront of consumers' minds. And also look at what happened year over year. So we want to get that seasonal effect. You know, so what kind of a bump have we seen before from October to November? Do you see a 100% increase for items? Okay, let's take that recent look and apply that seasonal or year over year look. And, And combining the two methods, I think, is really a way to be smarter about your demand forecasting so that you're ready for what's coming, even in a weird year, um, and trying to accommodate for both parts of that. I love anyone who gets to geeks out for a bit. That's well up my street. Um, gentlemen, who would like to go next? Sure, um, I'll, I'll, I'll go Bruno. next if that's all right, Chloe. So, I mean, yes, similarly, I'd, I'd, I'd geek out and go on to go on to data. I'd, I'd go straight to email automation. So it's probably the easiest thing that you can do. Um, iOS 14, cookie policy, cookies, they're, they're dead, right? And so you've got to look at retention in a different way. And the only way you're going to properly do that is with data. And if you're not already doing that, you're leaving money on the table. You can do it with any of the uh, any of the major players and they integrate into all the major platforms. Big Commerce has got a particularly strong one into Dot Digital. We use it a lot, um, and setting up with those uh, those automation engines can really drive revenue. And you and you can you can do so. I was talking about pulling sales forward. You can you can pull those sales forward. You can wake up uh, wake up customers that have gone to sleep. That's absolutely where I'd focus. Email is not dead at all. And you can do an awful lot of what Nicole was just suggesting and automate that ahead of time. Those customer service updates, the order updates, have stuff ready to go when the stock doesn't quite arrive in time and all the rest of it. Mark, let's come to you next. Sure. So I've talked about uh, doing a total audit from supply chain from your A to Z. And a great example of this is, uh, this is very recent. I'll give you this example because it's a very good example. A client came to the warehouse. They've always used a specific box for their, it's a brand box, but a specific box for their products. And the question was around, why have we used this particular box and the cost of this box? Because packaging prices, we know, are going through the roof. And there's a, the answer was, well, we've just always used that. You know, we've used that for three years. And we said, well, actually, that would actually fit in a padded envelope, believe it or not. They said, oh, that's, that's great. We'll have a padded envelope and let's put it yeah, Let's have a look. We've got the product. They put it in there. They did 1,200 orders a day, this client. And we put them into a padded envelope and we saved them 38 pence per order times 1,200 per day. And that's just one example whereby we're just dealing with a client doing a review. So I would just say, please, 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 this is the time right now to do that audit on everything from that supply chain leg. So it's a huge savings just from a conversation in the warehouse with a client. That's 14 grand a month, if my math is correct. That's <laughs> not the geek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and will totally... and some pizza, Rupert, for that. <laughs> <laughs> but totally building on what Nicole was saying about the partnerships with your vendors, with your suppliers, it's all your suppliers. Have a conversation with them, even if it's emailing them and going, is there something we're doing which you think is mental? <laughs> please tell me. Um, Brian, last but definitely not least, your thoughts on this one, please? 
Uh, yeah, no, I think we should hire uh, hire Mark to come over here and help <laughs> us solve problems like that too. Um, I, again, I, I think it hits, you know, all these come back to just sort of those five core problems I'd walked through earlier, where if you really whittle it down to figure out what's the core issue here, you know, it's going to land in one of those buckets. But one nugget that did kind of pop up to, uh, to mind here was, was Dan's point about expanding assortment. You know, we've, I mean, pre-pandemic, we was just constantly hearing about the Amazon effect, the endless aisle, all of these, you know, brick and mortar retailers wanting to expand their offering and figuring out how to do that in a scalable way and source new vendors and everything. So that was a, a, a big talk track I had a few years back. And the second part of that, aside from just, you know, saying, hey, we're going to, you know, expand our offering and, and add SKUs is how do you then relay that proactively out to the buyers? and making sure you're actually following through on that second half of it because i think there's a lot of retailers out there and buyers that you know they know of a specific supplier for one SKU that they've ordered you know the same item for years and years but they don't realize that's maybe not even their bread and butter of the business anymore so proactively offering that and, and that's something we have a lot of customers with is basically getting that product assortment or that catalog out in a standardized format that's that's shareable across sales channels so Totally agree with what, what everyone has said here, but um, again, just making sure you're you're proactively sharing the data as well. Loving how awesome the advice from our panelists is. I did tell you guys watching at the beginning, we have an amazing array of talent in this panel. Just before we move on to kind of flipping it to look a little bit forward into 2023, Dan, of all the things, you know, these guys are helping people work with that you are deep in prepping for Q4 and the holiday season right now. Is there any other piece of advice you'd like to give to the other retailers watching to help them prep and deal with these challenges and get ahead of them? Uh, several people have mentioned it, but do things early. So real world example for us is uh, you can go on our website and schedule a card uh, or an order. So you can schedule for now for six months from now. We typically, you know, our warehouse that ships out our product doesn't need a lot of lead time. So we typically don't send them the scheduled orders until like the day before they need to ship. Uh, we don't do that now. We send them weeks ahead so that they have plenty of time to kind of smooth out that demand, right? Uh, and that's just one example. But we, you know, I think the more you can do to smooth out your demand and spikes, the better off you're going to because everybody's lean, right? Things will break, um, get ahead of it, figure out what's going to break now uh, so you have time to fix it. But that, that would be my advice. I love that. Such a simple tweak. And it's like anyone right now who knows that Black Friday, they're doing a bundle and it's these three products. If those are in stock, get your team packing them now, please make their lives so much easier. Okay. I said we were going to flip it at the end because with this amazing group of panelists, it would be a travesty if I didn't ask them for their points of view on the, the positive and the lucrative and the great opportunities that they're seeing right now. Because we've kind of been on the protective angle so far. Let's, let's go exciting, new, lucrative opportunities that you're seeing people. Maybe, maybe we've still got time to put this in place for 2022, but I'm allowing you to think 2023 if you want to for this one. Um, Jill, you just gave me a massive smile. So I'm going to come to you first. Yeah. So I think um, just going back to looking at forecasting, I, I will a lot of times see merchants forecasting based on how many units are we moving out or what's the revenue this is going to bring in. 
dig in deeper, what's the profit we're getting out of this? So when I invest in this certain amount of inventory, what's the return on my investment that I'm going to get? Um, and so we're looking at the profit, but also the timing. Just, I completely empathize because I've been in those shoes of like, we don't have all the money in the world as merchants. And so we need to manage it. Thinking about like, how quickly am I going to get this return on investment relative to my payment terms to my vendor and when I need to pay salaries, et cetera, et cetera. And the timing of all of that, that cash flow management. So, so thinking about that and really digging in, um, just one more point, especially kind of in the, the time that we're in right now, we're going to see, I think, people pulling back, being more conservative with their spending, other, other retailers. So finding those areas where you are profitable, where you can really make advantage of that, lean into it because other people are going to be pulling back. I think there's a real opportunity to dig in and make a lot of progress or, or sell a lot <laughs> um, in, in certain areas um, and really being focused on that by going back to the data. Ever there was a year for watching where your competitors pull back and taking mm -hmm. advantage if you can, this is the year to do it. Nicole, let's come to you next. You know, one of the 10 challenges was actually, you know, getting new customers. So let's reverse that and look at the opportunity there. Let's lean in on our loyal customers. Loyalty is lucrative. And I think that that is an opportunity. It's a really, really good thing to lean into those who have already said, yes, I want to spend money with you. I have spent money with you. I've already decided I like you, right? So lean in on that loyalty and nurture it, leveraging the data to help do so. Perfection. Yes. Don't forget your existing customers, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> they love you. All right. Uh, let's come to Mark next, please. Mine would be, uh, I've mentioned about doing the audit on the supply chain process. This is no better time than do a health check on that A to Z. Quite often, and especially with some of these bigger clients who are so busy and they're doing great sales, but they're actually not doing that health check. And that health check is that example of the packaging is just one of many. And if they start looking at their carriers and start looking at their packaging and the whole A to Z, I'm sure they'll come out leaner and fitter and ready for 2023 in a much better position. Yeah, it, it can't be emphasized enough that, can it? Take a look at what you're doing. Next week, the week after is the time to do it. Just deal with those little tweaks just to make things and, easier. And most businesses will benefit from that health check. You know, it doesn't take a lot, but the little health check, they will benefit from it, majority. Definitely. And if you're only saving five pence here or there, you do it now, you've got that bulk so, of orders. Now's the exactly. time you're going to get the big impact back on that. Absolutely. Rupert, how about you? I, my, mine's planning related, um, again, so similar similar to Mark's. It's it's around reviewing your technology stack um, uh, the, and really looking at where you're spending your cash. I know we're all doing this in our personal lives and they're all talking about cancelling Netflix and cancelling this and cancelling that. If you're taking that approach to your personal life, you should be taking that approach to your business life and really looking at your costs. So, you know, if you're on a Magento platform and you're paying to have those security updates done, what does that look like over 12 months? Should you really be on a best-of-breed SaaS platform or what does that then open up for you if you're already on bright pearl already that's pretty much plug and play and you can you can get going from there but if you're not on bright pearl could bright pearl sit underneath it now the time to put that in right is january ahead of next christmas right it's then properly bedded in don't don't start coming in june and going guys we need this live by peak it's going to be the end of the world if you're not right we'd probably be able to do it but it's not going to have the full planning full spec that you will need and you'll need to set that project up for success these things cost a lot of money they deserve the attention and they should be they should be your very first focus after the peak period 
Yeah, now is the time to not not pretend the world ends on the 24th of December or whatever your last orders are. Do put some focus on what comes next. And yeah, understand what your tech stack changes are going to be. Uh, couldn't agree more. Um, Brian, over to you. Yeah, I think those are both great segues for kind of the point I had. And I actually wrote down what Mark had said. Health check 2023 is going to be my uh, maybe an email headline. But um, I, I think it, it it comes down to looking at that. And then I always in my in my prior role would remind the suppliers, the manufacturers I'm working with to always remember the hard cost and the soft cost. When they're looking at buying technology, they look at the hard cost and they say, geez, I can't afford another $100 a month for this additional add-on or something. But when you take a step back and look at, you know, drop ship to end consumer orders growing as fast as they are, those are typically high touch, high labor cost and lowest, like your lowest dollar value orders relative to maybe like a bulk order from a DC, right? Those are perfect places where you can go in and automate some of those processes to bring your total cost of ownership way, way down when you actually spread it out over you know, a year or two, whatever it might look like. And I, I think a lot of companies feel that pain uh, in the fall season here and in, in the holiday, and then they sometimes take note of it, sometimes they don't, but remembering to regroup in, in the spring or off season to, to sort of tackle that and find those efficiencies that you can pick up. Yeah, it's so easy to get lost in the day-to-day and not make note of what you can improve for next year. Okay, Dan, our final word comes to you. What good opportunities are you seeing at the moment for either this year or going into next? Uh, I got a couple. Just to reiterate what Nicole said, definitely lean into the customers. You've probably got a lot of loyal customers. Uh, Find out what they're interested in and definitely lean in on that. I'll give you another one though, and that's Lean in on your people. Uh, we talked a lot about retention and retaining people. And I would challenge everybody to kind of think about it not as individual teams, not a tech team or an operation team or a marketing team, but think about it as a company team and really try to stretch and challenge the different groups and cross train people. Uh, one real world example there in our business, we have a lot of operational challenges with you know warehouses go on and offline. Certain products can't be shipped to certain warehouses. Sometimes those involve tech team to be able to reconfigure or put in code. And we are going down the path of building services that the operation team can do those things themselves. Uh, so they don't need to call the tech team to do them. And you know, no offense, but we're not the best team to be doing that anyway, because we're not in the buildings and dealing with the inventory every day. So it should be that group that has those tools, um, you know, and you kind of get everybody working together and understanding the whole supply chain fulfillment, uh, if you will, work together as opposed to in silos. You help retain your people too. What an excellent point to end on, Dan. I think you managed to pull together almost everything we've been talking about in that answer. Certainly the, the all the big themes. Um, guys, you have been an amazing set of panelists. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us and for sharing such great insight today. But it's time now to say goodbye to all of you. Thank you for listening to our discussion. It was about the top 10 holiday season setbacks and how to avoid them. And if you want to watch the panel session itself or any of the other sessions at Bright Pearl by Sage's Peak Season Summit, you can catch the replay at ecmp.info forward slash Bright Pearl Summit. And to get your hands on my team's notes from this show, including details of the panellists and the top 10 list, just put ecmp.info forward slash episode number 
so whatever the number of this episode is, into the URL bar and you will go straight to the correct episode page. Once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. So if you've been on our email list, you'd have known about the summit before it happened. Now, if you liked this episode, then make sure you check out episode 400, where I'm joined by a group of supply chain experts who are sharing their tips on how to beat your supply chain challenges. So it builds really nicely on some of the lessons from this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new episode every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please, please, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have an excellent week and do not forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.